Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Where healthcare, politics, and COVID intersect, Dr. David Jacobs is the chair of the Ontario Specialist Association, president of the Ontario Association of Radiologists, and uh, you can follow Dr. Jacobs on uh, on Twitter at uh, drjacobsrad. Dr. Jacobs, thank you very much for taking the time. And I was looking at uh, some of your tweets from this morning, and there was one that caught my attention immediately, and it was one where uh, you retweeted, speaking on a panel about protecting Canadians' health at the LPC21, um, that's their meeting, federal liberals' meeting, Health Minister Patty Haidu said she's eternally grateful that our country had a liberal government at the onset of this pandemic. And you then said, um, you listed a number of components here that you're challenging the government on. Do you want to just go through some of those with us, please? Oh, absolutely. Listen, I think it's, um, I have a great deal of difficulty uh, with the fact that the Liberal government has done so very poorly uh, in terms of uh, pandemic uh, preparations and uh, ongoing, uh, you know, it, it just taking care of Canada's very basic pandemic uh, response. Uh, and yet they've turned this into some sort of a, 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 a speaking point for them to score political points. It, it's really hard to watch, particularly having seen the devastation on the front line. So if, if we walk through what actually happened versus the, the, the story that they're constructing for Canadians, um, they were slow to respond. Uh, they had, in the years prior, actually taken our uh, personal protective devices and uh, disposed of them. So we had started off in a very good position because uh, we had the initial SARS uh, several years earlier. And from that SARS, a whole bunch of recommendations have, had been made, including storing PPE. So right from the outset, year, a year before we even had the pandemic, the Liberal government had already put us in a bad situation. You also added to that, they did not support early masking efforts, no contact tracing, no proper quarantine, no local vaccine production, inadequate vaccine supply, um, over a million cases and over 23,000 deaths. That's hardly a ringing endorsement for that the, that the health minister should be directing at herself, but she did. And uh, I just spoke with Sean Simpson of uh, Ipsos at the top of the hour, and he told me that the prime minister and this government are getting largely positive response and positive marks from Canadians. It's really, really difficult to, to, to see. And I, I'll have to say that uh, physicians are also part of the cheerleading squad. Um, the pandemic response has been terrible. Let's, let's, let's not try and shine this up. If you think that the U.S. response was terrible, then you have to look at our border and realize that we have very similar numbers, but nowhere near the, uh, near the same vaccination rates. We don't have nearly the same volume of vaccines available. So if, you're, if you were quick to criticize Trump and the Trump administration, um, and God knows there are a lot of reasons to criticize them, uh, then it's really hypocritical if you turn around and think that everything is uh, all rosy in Canada, because it isn't and it hasn't been. So, uh, and, and this is really what's happening. So, yes, the, 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 the uh, federal liberals are doing incredibly well in the polls. 
um, and uh, it, it just doesn't make any logical sense if their popularity should be based on the response to the pandemic. Clearly, their popularity is based on something else. Mm-hmm. Canada is about to surpass the United States in COVID infection per million population numbers, which is something to take note of. And now Americans are being warned by the CDC not to enter Canada, even if they've been vaccinated. Uh, there's a real perspective that maybe folks are missing on this one. But it, it, it's, it's very, I mean, clearly we're not doing very well. We've got our ICUs are uh, being tested in terms of their capacity limits. We're having to ramp down elect, uh, elective surgeries. Uh, we're being told to stay in our homes. This is, this is a pandemic that in Canada is going in the wrong direction. At this point in time, we should be opening up, enjoying the warm weather, reconnecting with friends and family, but we can't do that because of the fact that the federal government didn't produce vaccines locally and uh, didn't procure them appropriately. Vaccination is the only way that Canada has out of this pandemic. There are far too many cases for us to be able to do proper contact tracing, uh, quarantine, isolation. That ship has sailed a long time ago. Uh, So vaccines are the only way, and we just simply don't have the the adequate volume to get us out of it quickly. Dr. Jacobs, do you have confidence that uh, the vaccine reality in Canada today is going to improve significantly enough, or sufficiently significantly, by the fall, that we will be in a position where we will emulate other countries that are achieving herd immunity. And I'm seeing some of that in the United States. I was watching the Masters yesterday. None of the golfers, none of the caddies were wearing masks. Watching the people, the crowds weren't nearly as large as they usually were, but they weren't masked either. There's a greater sense of confidence, probably greater herd immunity in the United States than there is here, where people are quite anxious. Do you have hope that by the end of the summer, we'll be in a similar situation to the United States? My hope uh, and so the, answer, the, the short answer is no. We don't have the uh, sufficient volumes coming in, um, and we're already seeing that there are some questions around some of the vaccines that have come in, uh, which will lead to further vaccine hesitancy. So I don't think that we're going to get there. Um, and my only hope is that the U.S. is so incredibly successful with their vaccination efforts that we'll be able to start to draw from uh, the factories producing vaccines in the U.S. So we'll be able to buy them just as a, as a commodity. Yeah, we never should have been in this position to begin with. There's no reason, there's no excuse for the situation we're in. I've spoken with the former president and CEO of GlaxoSmithKline on a number of occasions, Mr. Paul Lucas, on this program, and he's pointed out the vaccine production capability in Canada was tremendous as recently as 2009, and it's not absent now, as the federal government has suggested. How bad are things in the hospitals? right now well listen we've got um we can always create a little bit more capacity we've always got a little bit of wiggle room uh so long as you have uh so a a hospital will have its formal icu but then we have step down units that you can kind of buff up and then we have uh recovery uh units for the or and recovery areas uh in uh, diagnostic imaging for procedures that we can buff up and kind of use as makeshift ICUs. Uh, so we're not at the point, uh, we're not at a breaking point yet, but we are at a point where we've pulled the fire alarm and we need to slow things down so that we don't stress our ICU capacity. 
Uh, and that's a real problem because we're already 250,000 medical procedures behind. Uh, and this is just going to add to it. Uh, what we're trying to do uh, at a number of the hospitals is we're trying not to make the same mistakes, so we're keeping diagnostic imaging running so that we don't get further behind on CTs and MRIs, which are really one of the main ways that we diagnose cancers in patients. Uh, so we're, we're, we're trying to keep up, but we will fall further behind because of this. You said earlier in our segment that some in the medical profession are cheerleading the federal government. If I were to sit down with an ad hoc group of physicians, you being part of them, or part of the group, and I were to uh, ask the question or put the proposition forward to address the point, where does healthcare, politics, and COVID intersect? What are, the, what are some of the talking points? What would I hear? What would we hear? For the most part, you wouldn't hear from me because I represent a very small fraction of physicians. Um, my point of view uh, it has been overwhelmed. Now, let me back that up, walk that back a little bit. I, pre- I represent a very small percentage of vocal physicians. I think that um, much of my, many of my positions are just simple common sense and, and, and a, just a, a, a neutral read of what's, what's happening in the medical world. So what we've seen uh, is the, uh, a rise of uh, political activism amongst physicians, and that's happened over the last few years. Um, but most of the politically active physicians lean heavily left, um, and there's nothing wrong with that, but it just creates a disproportionate voice. And if we don't have balance from the right and the left, or at least a very honest centrist position when we look at healthcare issues, then what's presented to the public is not really a, a real reflection of reality. Uh, and I think we're seeing that with COVID. So if I were to sit down with a group of physicians and you were part of that group, I wouldn't hear much from you, but I'd hear a fair bit of political expression from, more than likely, from the other doctors who were there or from a percentage of those doctors. Yes. And what they would be doing is they would be very, very quiet about the federal response and hypercritical about the provincial response. Um, And what's interesting is they're hypercritical about Ontario's response and very quiet about the response uh, both from the uh, East as well as from BC. Now, the fact of the matter is is that we're dealing with very, very different different physical, uh, political, all sorts of different realities when we're looking at these different sections of the country. And uh, in Ontario, particularly in Toronto, we're looking at a dense urban population, multicultural. If we're looking out east, we're looking at a, at, at a part of the country that doesn't get as much of the same influx of uh, travelers. We have a, 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 a population that's very uh, much more spread out than we have in Toronto. And when we look out west uh, in B.C., again, it's, it's an easily isolated part of the country. We've got ocean on one side, mountain on the other. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what, you, what we've seen is people really focused on Ontario and, and just throwing rotten eggs at, uh, at the provincial government here uh, and really ignoring the rest of the country. Now, 
Why are they doing that? Well, it's politics. They don't like conservative governments. Um, and Ontario is having a very rough time by the nature of our dense uh, Toronto population. I spoke with uh, three weeks ago, and will again tomorrow, with the Premier of Saskatchewan, Scott Moe. And he told me on air three weeks ago that the situation between Ottawa and the provinces, certainly Saskatchewan, on vaccine availability to the provinces, he used the word abysmal. Have a listen, Dr. Jacobs. It's been nothing short of abysmal with respect to our access uh, to a large number of vaccines early in this, early in our our, uh, dealing with with finding the exit door on, on this pandemic. So there's Scott Moe from three weeks ago, and when I speak with him tomorrow, I don't think I'll be hearing anything particularly different, but it seems as all the the praise and the self-praise is coming from the Liberal Party in Ottawa. It it, it is. They're looking at at themselves in the mirror, telling themselves that they're great, uh, and then uh, their loyal following is more than happy to applaud when they say it. Let me explain to you why it's a disaster. When you have a population of 38 million that need two doses, right, uh, you're looking at almost 80 million doses that are required. Now, we're going to cut some of that out for the uh, younger group, but eventually the younger people will get vaccinated as well. If you have a very small supply of vaccine coming in, then you're forced to ration those vaccines and you have to decide which groups they're going to go to. As soon as you have to decide to target a group of people, you're doing a targeted vaccine campaign. That means that you have to know who those people are, you have to contact them, and you have to, you know, and you have to go to them as well because some of them are unable to leave their homes. That takes a tremendous amount of time and resources. When you have more vaccines than you can count, that's when you can do a whole population vaccine uh, strategy. And that's what we've seen in the UK, and that's what we've seen in the US. Mm-hmm. They went from a targeted to a whole population strategy very, very quickly. A whole population strategy happens quickly. You can have people drive by in their car, jab them in the arm, off they go. Mm-hmm. Um, so the idea that we are somehow in a, in a good position with our vaccines is completely false. We're in a reasonable position in terms of protecting our most vulnerable, but there are multiple layers of vulnerable people that we haven't even come close to getting to. Uh, and, you know, the proof is in the ICUs. Our ICUs are filling up. So there's a huge disconnect between what we're hearing from the Trudeau government and what's actually happening on the ground. In the 20 seconds we have left, What's your advice to Canadians when it comes to vaccines? Because, as you know, there still exists vaccine hesitancy and there's vaccine controversy. Well, I've seen uh, COVID-19 up close. Uh, I see it on the scans. I see the patients as they come uh, to to get their CT scans, and I do procedures on them uh, as well in terms of draining lungs filled with fluid. So what I can tell you is COVID-19 is very real, it's still here, and it's terrible. Um, I encourage you to take any vaccine that has been approved by Health Canada for the age group that you are in, whether it be AstraZeneca or whether it be Pfizer, Moderna, Johnson & Johnson, get the vaccine, get it as soon as it's available, don't hesitate. The chances of you getting very sick from COVID-19 might be small, but if you do get very sick from it, it is devastating. Dr. So Jacob. I would encourage you to get back. 
if you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend. 